Hey friends, welcome to Inside the Orchard. We're the Campbells. I'm Charles. And I'm Candy. This is our little experiment to share with you all things apples, faith, and family. We've been married for 33 years and raised three beautiful daughters. In this next season of life, we're starting an heirloom apple orchard. Join us as we share what we've learned in our journey as a couple, what we continue to learn in this next stage of life together. We hope this podcast will pique your interest in apples, inspire you to grow in your faith, and encourage your family. Welcome back to Inside the Orchard. This is the late April edition, almost May, but we've been really busy. we got some really fun news to tell you this month. Yes, we actually have a grandbaby that was born April the 28th, and so mom and baby are doing well. Um, we have a little, little granddaughter, so these grandparents have been busy. Uh, we also have a college graduate that happened the week after the baby was born. So we are delayed in in recording. We've been on the road a lot, but it's been for a lot of good things. So we see uh, daily picture video updates from baby Rosie and Madeline's home for a few weeks while she gets ready to pass her nursing boards. And uh, Haley is headed into the summer, all of her summer stuff. So yep. it's been a busy one around um, the Campbell household. But also, we have some other exciting news about the trees. Yes, we actually got our 24 trees delivered from four different um, nurseries. And so we put those in in uh, March and April. And our original 12 trees actually have some apples on them for the first time. We have apples. Did you hear that? (laughs) Apples. So not many. But uh, actually, on a couple of the trees, uh, there's a pretty good there's a pretty good amount of apples. Yeah, the so. Baldwin, the Jonathan, they both have Grimes Golden. Those three are going to have pretty good crop for for first timers. So that's exciting. So it's kind of fun here at the orchard. Hey, for today's interview, I did a fun interview with my nephew, and so let's get to the interview and check out the time that I spent with Corbett as we talk about transitioning from high school to what's next. And then after the interview, we'll come back and talk about it a little bit. This month, I get to talk to one of my favorite people. So this is uh, Corbett Campbell. And yes, the last name is the same because Corbett is the oldest son of my little brother. Actually, I should say my younger brother, although he is littler than I am. So um, I can also say little brother. So Corbett, welcome. It's good to have you on the podcast this month. Going to be on. It's going to be fun. Hopefully, it won't be littler for too long. <laughs> That's true. Well, you, you, you will. Yes, because Corbett is a CrossFitter, um, and uh, he challenges his dad and uh, myself as well. So he can kill us, crush us in the body movement stuff. I still have him on some weight things for now, but uh, his gains are. He still has gains, and I'm on the I'm on the back end of it. So, uh, so you so besides CrossFit, what are some other fun things that you like? to do what are some other hobbies you have uh what do you like to do with your friends so uh, i'm big sports person so for friends it's a lot of kind of fitness so we always have fun doing like either ultimate frisbee games at the church or just pick up basketball games and stuff just excuses to hang out uh so other stuff that we've recently doing is we'll start up game nights kind of again we'll have all of us kind of hang out oh, and just yeah. play board games and yeah chill yeah. and it's a fun way to connect with new people over the summer 
Absolutely. Yes, you you are. You are your family's a board game guy and you are one of the ultra competitive board gamers. So yes, uh, we have we've had some battles with uh, what was that game called? Um, Monopoly my, Cheaters Edition. Monopoly Cheaters Edition. Yes. And, and I, I got outdated. You. <laughs> I yes. cheated you. That's Still exactly salty. right. <laughs> we'll have to play it again sometime and you i'm sure yes so uh so sure. absolutely um but uh yeah, yeah 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 so um so lots to do sports stuff but then also you picked up some other hobbies maybe that have turned into some job stuff you're also doing a little drone work talk to yeah. us about that yeah so uh, when i turned 16 i got the option to fly for one of my uncle's buddies his my uncle's a realtor and one of his buddies works at the same company as my uncle. They both started a real estate company. And uh, he offered me to go with him and fly his drone and learn how to fly his drone. And so for my first time, I had to go out there and kind of mess around and play and fly a nicer drone. I was like, huh, this is kind of fun. I'd like to learn how to do this. And so you have to be 16 to legally get what's called a Part 107 license, which is a license requir- required to fly a drone commercially. And so at 16, uh, I didn't even have a drone yet. And I was kind of just like, whatever, screw it. I want to try to get a license. And so paid 160 bucks and did some online prep through YouTube and passed uh, the FAA drone course. And after doing that, I started uh, filming for them for their real estate videos. I got into a lot of drone videos. So I've shot drone video now for about a year. And the last couple of months I was like, huh, it also could be fun kind of getting the actual video aspect of it, more yeah. camera handheld stuff. Okay. So just drone and have a little bit more flexibility. And so I paid a couple bucks online for a couple video courses and then uh, just enough. And I'll, I'm kind of the person that's like, if I can justify buying something, if I'm like, I think I can pay this off, uh, I'll just go go ahead and do it. Yeah. And so I bought me a nicer camera and my mom is a photographer or was a photographer. And so she had a bunch of lenses that I could use. Yeah. So I bought me a nicer video camera and I've just been kind of having fun practicing with just the whole video, video editing, filming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that whole shebang. Yeah. So, what turned into kind of a neat hobby is actually starting to turn into a little bit of a career slash job. Yeah, yeah. It's better at this point. It's getting expensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So, I want I want to go back a few years because uh, I want I want to kind of journey with you on your story a little bit because we've been talking about uh, this year on the podcast we've been talking about this idea of transitions and um, in your world, when you were little, what did you want to be when you were a little kid? I honestly didn't have like a super set, like I want to be a firefighter. I want to be an astronaut. I was pretty chill. I was and still am a pretty big reader. So most of my early childhood was just kind of reading and just, just kind of enjoying the peaceful life. But then as I've grown a little, I've kind of progressed out of that. And so I think at the earliest, probably around 13-ish, was when for my school and stuff, we kind of had some uh, courses that talked more on like careers and job stuff yeah. and like what we want to do for the future. Yeah. And so it was around that time that I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I kind of knew what I wanted in a job. My parents okay. really kind of encouraged me with that. And so it was like, for me personally, I wanted to have some ability to be outdoors I wanted to have some form of flexible environment to control my time. I knew that at 13. And so for me, it was kind of like, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I know kind of what, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I still know what I wanted to do in a weird yeah. way. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So talk to me about, so what do those conversations look like even at 13? Because how old are you now? You're 17, 17. right? Yeah. Yes. And when, we, when will you be 18? 
I will be 18 in March. So That's right. Okay. So year, just, right? just turned 17. All right. Um, so what did some of those conversations look like with your mom and dad, where you were not necessarily talking about career, but you were talking about, um, the environment that you wanted to be in. So like you were talking about being outdoors, uh, flexibility with your time. I mean, how did you at that early of an age know that, Hey, I, I, I want to have a little control, you know, over the way I do what I do. So if my parents, both of my parents are in less kind of normal occupations, my mom runs an online uh, photography course. Okay. My dad's jumped around from different jobs and he's currently leading a kind of a team for foster care for an agency called care portal. And so both of them kind of living in sort of an entrepreneurial household and kind of a different environment already subconsciously made me think in ways that most people didn't think. Yeah. And so there was already an attitude in my home and kind of to do things differently and be open to different things. And my parents really, in many ways, push kind of the idea of interning internships and job shadowing. Okay. One of the big things. And that was how yeah. I actually job shadowed my uncle and his job and met this partner that eventually let me fly a drone was just meeting people and experiencing and trying new things. Yeah. Was really encouraged by my parents. Cool. So what were, what were some of, um, so besides working for your uncle and the whole drone thing, what were some other jobs that you tried out? And as you did them, you're like, eh, I don't know that this is for me. Yeah. So, well, so I've tried like a bunch of different things and I'm a very, I love one of my personality traits is I love trying new things. Like on a bunch of personality tests and stuff that always comes up is okay. called a fill a map, the love of just trying and learning new things. Right. And so I've jumped around from stuff from like, uh, working for odd jobs, like mowing lawns and stuff. Most of my, pretty much actually all my work has been odd work of some sort, simply because for me personally, it was the, I'd rather work for less money and learn new things than work in something that I know I'm not going to really want to do in the future. Sure. And my parents and friends and family kind of encouraged that. And so I jumped, I did some sign work. Like I did some mowing lawns. I worked for some grandparents, odd jobs, Yep. Uh, at one point I kind of tried, uh, fixing phones as a job hobby, just earning some side cash just because I broke mine so much. I learned how to fix it. Right. And so there's kind of a bunch of just odd jobs here and there. There wasn't really any solid, but it was just trying and kind of messing around with new things that eventually let me certain point trying so much, just let me know what I liked and didn't. Absolutely. Like. Absolutely. You mentioned personality test. How did you happen upon that? Or is that something that your mom and dad were intentional about having you do to learn a little bit more about yourself and how you're wired and what you might be interested in? So I think at a certain point, my mom took a test or read a book about called the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think yep. it's, the book is called the road back to you. And it was on yeah. the Enneagram. Yeah. Uh, and because she was, I am the oldest child. And so at some points I was a problem child because on the Enneagram, I am what's known as an Enneagram eight, which is a very strong willed personality who likes to argue. Yeah. Not to tick people off or to annoy people, but because I just enjoy your process. And it's how I enjoy conversation. And my mom is not that type of personality. And so she initially took it to understand about me. And I was probably mid teen years ish. So two years ago, probably 15 ish age. And she had me read it and learn about it just to understand not because it, it doesn't define me, but to understand there's some traits in that that does reflect my personality. 
Mm. And so I kind of tried the Enneagram. And after that, some of my friends have also tried personality tests. And after that, it's just been kind of a fun every now and then I'll just take one just to see. Yeah. If there's yeah. anything else I'll learn about myself that I didn't really think of. And just Absolutely. Kind of that, Absolutely. Yeah. That's really, really good. So your mom and dad um, had to do things like that. Had you try a lot of different things? What are some other things that your parents have done to help you, especially now that you're getting to the end of your high school career and you're beginning to kind of think about what's next? What are some of those conversations uh, that your folks have been walking with you through questions they're asking you? Um, yeah, just just talk to me about what do those conversations look like? So there is as kind of this most recent, the more recent period we're having those conversations actually less because I'm very independent. And so for me, honestly, I would like just go into career right now, just because I'm kind of doing what I already love. And so, right. yeah, but a year or two ago when I was kind of getting into stuff, kind of like when I was first starting to fly a drone and stuff, yeah, we had a lot of conversations on just, okay, Corbett, you know what you kind of want in the future. So what are some ways that you can work to reach that goal? Even if you don't know, if you want to go to college or you don't know if you want to do this for a job, what are some ways that you can prepare yourself for the future through that? And so some of the ways for us was for me, because I loved learning, they really encouraged taking courses of any type and sort. We have a Skillshare subscription, which is an online kind of platform just to learn yeah. plenty of new skills. Yeah. And so just attending everything and learning everything. And then there's a lot of skills that can transfer to a lot of other things. So I'm on like a leadership team on my church and I'm on a youth city council here in my city. Okay. And so learning leadership at my church and being encouraged by my leaders at my church to be a better leader yeah. and then working in my city and learning about things in my city and learning how to engage with different people. All of those things, my parents encourage and kind of help prepare me for the future through that. And so there's plenty of those conversations that was just, you, you kind of know what you want at a certain, they kind of encouraged me to let me know what I want. And so they were like, Hey Corbett, what are some ways that you can grind and kind of figure out how can you, be, like, how can we help you better prepare yeah. for the future and yeah. just be happy yeah. reading that too. Mm, that's good. That's good. So in the leadership realm, what are some, uh, your favorite leadership books that you've read, uh, outside, obviously, being uh, a person of faith, having an active involvement at church, the Bible will be a key book. Um, you and I share that in common. And so outside of good lessons you've learned from scripture, what are some other books that you've read that have impacted you, especially in that world of leadership? Yeah. I've read like pretty much, honestly, the entire catalog of leadership and economics in my library. So there's a certain point where they all kind of, uh, they start, they start feeling the same. A little bit. But uh, some of my favorites were uh, the seven seven habits of highly effective people. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, there's actually two more, which is how to make friends and influence people. I forget mm -hmm. which five. But yep. Um, it's cla that's another classic. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. there's a newer one, which is how to win friends and influence people in the digital age. Which ah. Is, okay. I haven't heard. Yeah, of, I haven't heard of that okay. one. So. so it's super good. So it's similar, but it kind of goes back to once again, like the importance of knowing people's names. How. Mm. that's such an underrated skill that it instantly gives a connection to people. It's like, Hey, Tom, even though I only met you once three months ago, I still know your name. And yeah, so there's a lot yeah. of stuff like that that were really good. Cool. Things, both practice and learn. So that, that one was uh, a carryover into the influencing friends in a digital age, or was that in both of them? 
so the uh, it was kind of it was more of a carryover. So like okay. the first one was how to win friends and influence people, and the second one was kind of more of a part two, kind of the the things that apply that were in the first book still apply today. Yeah, there's lots of things that are different now that we live in just this world of social media and entertainment and just yeah. life that there's some things that help better. Sure. Absolutely. You mentioned um, in your library, you've read a lot of books on leadership and economics. So yeah. what's the, what's the whole economics angle for you? Man. So I love learning new things. And so I absolutely love anything economics. So like whether it's stock market or crypto or real estate, like I just love, and that's part of another reason why I love real estate was because I knew I loved speaking about money and learning how like just the process of the world works and how trade works and how people engage with each other. And so mm-hmm. just all that's always excited and interested me. And so it's fun. Like I'll have conversations with my high school pastors and stuff on like crypto and stuff. And it's just fun conversations because there's just a lot of that, that lots of people are informed about that are way more informed than me. And I get to learn from and just engage. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as you've been learning some of those new subjects, how have you and your folks kind of continue to interact about the things you're learning and how you're going to, like, how are the, how are you taking the things you're learning to help you in preparation for the next phase? Mm. So one of my things that me, so both of me and my dad kind of share a love for crypto and the stock market. One of the things that I took when I was, I think I was 13. And so I've been homeschooled, but I, it's a weird co-op homeschool thing. So I'm in a class of 12 people that we meet okay. once a week. Yeah. In that class, when I was 13, we had a course on economics and what was called our My 23, which was the idea of when you are 23 years old, you need to write a project of all the expenses of what you'll have when you're 23 years old. And you need to figure out what your job is and how you're going to handle. So it's basically like a mock spreadsheet of living when you're 23 years old. Okay. And so, and there's also a stock market class built into that. And so that okay. initially sparked kind of my love and like, Hey, it'd be good for me to figure out at thir- like, even at 13, I was like, huh, it'd be interesting. Like, cause I had some worries and lots of my classmates had worries. Like I have no idea what I want to do in the future. I don't have no, like, there's lots of fear and apprehension of that and just kind of any education of that and just being more informed was really great. Cause then later on I got to open a, a custodial investing account underneath my dad. Okay. And so I have a stock market account that's under my dad and ma- owned by him, but I get to manage and buy and trade and we have plenty of discussions on it. And so it's fun to see some of that, that started in the making four years ago for me. Right. And now I'm starting to see some of those fruits and still have conversation with my parents about smart, safe investing. And each of us will sometimes call each other out when some of us are, like start playing with some stuff like, huh, that's interesting or whatever. Right. And so it's just some fun conversations as we just kind of talk and chat over the future. And both of us, he, he has different goals than me. I mean, he has four more kids after me. And so right. I have the planning for the future of me wanting to buy a house or when I get married and all those expenses. And so there's plenty of fun, just different aspects of life, but at the same time, kind of a mutual love and friendship over investing and stuff. And so cool. that's cool. super fun. So it sounds like you've got a really healthy relationship with your mom and dad that revolves around a lot of good conversation and question asking. So yeah. where, um, how did that develop 
Um, and how did you guys get to that space where, cause like you said, when you were younger, um, preteen and even early teen years, there was a lot of that, Hey, I'm going to do my thing. And I really don't care whether you're involved or not. So where did that, where did you begin to transition into? No, I actually really like hanging out with my folks, having these conversations and, uh, even like you just said, having a friendship over things like yeah. investing. I think part of it was early on there was before, like I am a very stubborn individual. And so before my mom and even myself really understood my personality and who I was, there was a lot of conflict when there didn't need to be conflict. Cause I would feel perfectly fine. And my parents would feel like I hate them. Right. And so it took, it took a few years to reach that point where like, Hey, we're beginning to understand each other. And for me, even receiving guidance from parents to the point where like, Hey, at the end of the day, even if you think, you know, everything at 13, you don't know everything at 13, even at 17, you don't know everything at, you know? And so it took time and process, but it was that mutual kind of trying to come together and stop having conversations that turn into arguments and more questions. Cause I think that that's one of the biggest things is questions that start conversations instead of arguments that start conversations or, yeah. Much yeah. More beneficial. So using the art of the question to really help guide the conversation rather than going immediately to debate. Yeah. So was that something that your parents initiated or was that something you guys kind of landed on together or was that something that you discovered and began to use with them? I would probably say that was more my parents. I mean, at 13, I was I was a pain. <laughs> I mean, I was even now okay. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm still a stubborn individual, but I know right. like there's so, but this there was makes- a certain point where after, I mean, at 13, you still, you still fear your dad and you fear your mom and you respect them yeah. Yeah. at a certain point. And so there was that, okay, even if I don't understand why I feared my dad enough to let him tell me what to do. And then as the years went on, I was like, Oh, I began to grow that more respect of, Oh, now I understand why yeah. there were these conversations. And yeah. Yeah. So um, that's, that's good. That's really, really good. So if you could look into the future uh, where, what are you dreaming about? Like, so you're 17, let's, let's go five years. Uh, so 22, 23. So like that classroom project, uh, what do you, what do you hope to be, what do you hope to be doing when you're in your early twenties? So one of the interesting things about my family mm-hmm. is uh, when I turned 18, our family has had a big dream for a long time of going on a round the world trip. Cause we're a family of seven. Wow. And we love to travel. Yeah. And we've been to, I mean, we've been to China. I've been to Ecuador. I've been to China twice actually. And we've done a bunch of kind of road trips in the United States. And one of my mom and dad's dreams has been just to take our entire family of seven around the world for a whole year. And okay. so like 365 days, pretty short after I turn 18, I have a brother who will be 16 then, and he's going to get his driver's license and we're pretty much just going to go. Okay. And so there, there's, I think there's like a, there's a six year age gap between me and my youngest sibling. So one of my okay. youngest siblings is going to be 12 and travel okay. the world for a year. Right. And so an interesting aspect of that is like, so that's going to happen when I turn 18 to 19. Okay. And so then I'll have about three years after that of living here. My goal, my plan is to live here in Oklahoma. And so my general plan right now is honestly, I'm going to get my real estate license when I turn 18. Okay. I want to do real estate. 
and I still love investing. So I'll probably do investing on the side just for me, probably in the beginning. And then at some, at around 23, my goal was probably still be then just to continue with real estate, but I'd have love having just, I've had a goal just to pick up as many other kind of just fun skills and hobbies. Okay. The main ones for me after getting a real estate license would be to uh, either get a broker's license for real estate Mm -hmm. and, or to get a financial advisors. Uh, I think it's a license. Okay. And so both of which are more things that I just involved in love doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's kind of the general, I don't have like a really massive solid plan because mainly I know it's going to, my entire aspect on life may change after going around the world trip for a year. Yeah. But it's the things that's like, okay, what are the things I can prepare for? Which for me is investing and, or learning plenty of skills and doing everything I love while I have the time to do it. Yeah beforehand before I reach that kind of adulthood and a plenty of more responsibilities. Cool. Now that's very, very cool. So what's the, with your, with this world trip that you guys are taking, what's the country that you're looking forward to the most right now? Hmm. Well, honestly, I don't really know. I haven't actually okay. been as involved in some of the decision process. Okay. A lot of my younger siblings are super passionate. I really would just love to go. I don't even know. Like Europe could be fun and we're also not a very touristy destination. Like we'll be visiting, like we'll probably be staying in hostels Yep. and we'll be visiting. We'll probably be traveling by train for a lot of it, like just across Asia. And so I'm really excited for pretty much anything as long as it's not too cold. Like I'm going to try to bring my drone and camera and I'm going to film and document everything and just enjoy practicing while doing that. So I'm just excited I'm just excited for the stimulation and the journey and getting to hang out with my family. Absolutely. Absolutely. So do you see that the, uh, the drone footage could, could turn into a, a story or some other kind of, uh, you know, video, uh, video journey that makes it onto YouTube someday? Yeah. So the goal would be during our trip, I'd film whatever I wanted to film because the goal would not just to be detached from everybody with a camera. And Absolutely. so I want to be, with my family and still experiencing everything. And so my goal would be to video as much as I can and just get all that and take photos and post the photos as we travel. But the video editing takes a lot more time and process. Yeah, absolutely. And so I will just save probably everything on an S bunch of SD cards. Yeah. And then after we finish the trip and get home, I'll probably create a bunch of videos. Probably my, my goal would be just to inspire people to get out and travel and Try, yeah. places that they go, huh, that could be interesting just to go family of seven can do it. Me and my wife or me and a couple kids can just grab a plane ticket, stay in a hostel and go fly somewhere and stay somewhere. And yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's those fun. On YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or yeah. whatever, and just have yeah. fun messing around with that. So if people want to follow you, uh, where, what's your Instagram? So if they, so when you guys start, cause you guys are going to start next March. So right now we're, we're recording this in May. So in about 10 months, 12 months, yeah. 11 months, you guys are going to be taken off. Um, and so if people want to jump on and, cause you're also posting stuff right now. So I know the other day yes. you and your, uh, granddad, your mom's mom, your mom's dad, you guys went to the, uh, drag strip. And so you posted yeah. some footage from there. So there's some sweet, sweet shots from there. So, um, yeah. So where can they, where can they find you on Instagram? So the current name of the account is C Campbell media. I'll probably change it to Corbett Campbell when we go on the around the world trip. 
Sure. And so right now for me, it's just, I'm just posting all the stuff. I just take photos and document and just practicing is kind of the general idea. Right. And right when we start leading up to the round the world trip is probably when I'll start like really hammering down on kind of building a story. Cause right now it's just like, Oh, we went to the drag strip. It's fun. I'm going to post about the drag strip. Like there's yeah, no, absolutely. there's no method to the madness, but it's just wherever you find yourself. This, yeah. It's just all practice for kind of learning and having fun and just messing around. But yeah, that's absolutely. the Instagram account. Absolutely. That's cool. Uh, that's right. So no, C, C Campbell media. Yes. Okay. And if not, just look up Corbett Campbell and there's not You'll that many it. of us. Yeah, so absolutely. One of them absolutely. will be it. Yeah, no, that's good. That's really, really good. Well, so I just, I just want to kind of recap some things that I heard. So um, early on, uh, one of the ways your folks helped you transition, get ready for the transition was uh, you kind of learned who you are um, and having good conversations about who you are, how you're wired, those kind of things. And then the other thing I heard you say a lot was uh, your folks really challenged you and encouraged you to lean into that learner strength and just try a bunch of things and just go out and discover and that has really set you up for finding things that you've really enjoyed. Uh, and those things may actually be your long-term careers or lead you to a path of other kinds of careers. Because one of the things you didn't mention was you learned how to uh, basically you, you bought an old truck and you learned you taught yourself auto mechanics or you've taken some yeah. auto mechanic classes. And so, so you've done some hands-on stuff there, which again yeah. is out, outside. So it's also some very practical things. Well, man, that's just super cool as well. I, yeah. and so I'm excited about your trip and, uh, my wife and I are still plotting, uh, to try to figure out, is there a spot on the trip where we can, um, hmm. come and meet you? So if you happen to land like in our favorite country of Italy or close yeah. to it in Croatia, yeah. uh, if the travel bans are still, you know, if they haven't gotten wonky, um, we can figure out a way to, uh, you know, jump in and see you guys on your journey. So, cause we, we love to travel as well. We don't do it exactly like you guys do. You guys tend to yeah. be more of a backpack hostile crowd. Although we, we do a little bit of that, but not, not exactly like you guys do. So, mm-hmm. well, Hey, thanks for joining tonight on inside the orchard. And, uh, we'll be, uh, posting this once we get it all squared away, but I appreciate our time and uh, look forward to just continuing to watch you grow and excited about the way that you've, you've grown and how you're just um, transitioning well and look forward to seeing what's going to come, you know, in the next several years as you move from your teenage years to your young adult years. So, so thanks for being an encouragement to me, even tonight. It's just been fun listening to you tell your story. So thanks for being on inside the orchard. Thanks for having me. It's been a fun conversation. Just fun chat. There we go. It's great. All right. Till next time. We'll see you guys on Inside the Orchard. That was a really fun interview. I love talking to him about the games we've played and how I cheated him out of uh, Cheaters Monopoly (laughs) because he thought he was so good at it. And I snuck one in on him. What was your uh, favorite part of the interview? It was just great hearing Corbett talk about his upcoming world tour with his family We've watched them raise their kids uh, well, and they love spending time together. They love going on adventures together and just hearing his excitement to be traveling, kind of like a gap year is is what you called it, as you think about him between high school and whatever career path he will be on after that. So, yeah. Yeah, he really talked about how when I was asking him, you know, what are you going to do next? What What do you see yourself doing when you're like 22, 23? And he had he had pretty good ideas but then he also said but this trip may change how i look at the world how i look at my life and so 
even though he hasn't been involved in all the details of the planning, I think he's really looking forward to the impact that this trip could have on his life. The other thing that I would just encourage parents to be thinking about when they help their students, one of the things that his mom and dad have done really, really well is help him explore who he is, how God has wired him, and really challenged him to try a bunch of different things. And um, I think that's one of the things that even as we look back at our girls, we gave them the freedom to look at different opportunities, whether it was in sports or academics or music or whatever, until we helped them kind of find their sweet spot. And then once they found their sweet spot, they really jumped in and we didn't have to be the motivators. And um, so I thought that was a really good insight that I learned from listening to Corbett talk about what his mom and dad had done. Anything else you would add to that or any other insights that you heard or um, as we just listened to him talk that you were like, yeah, this is also something that I heard him talk about with his parents. I think how his time in uh, has developed with conversation with them was really good. That he understands that as a 13-year-old, he thought he knew it all, but actually now he realizes as a 17-year-old, I didn't know it all and still don't. And so... Um, the respect he has for his parents and the developing respect he continues to have seeing the wisdom they've had pointing him forward. Yeah, and, and, and he admitted, he said, you know, I'm stubborn, but I'm also learning and understanding better how to connect with my mom and dad. And his parents have done a good job in creating the space, pressing into them, helping their kids be learners, asking good questions. I think that's one of the big things I see them do a lot. Yeah. I mean, they're directive at times, but they do a lot of question asking and really get their kids to exploring. So I hope that you enjoyed this, this interview with Corbett. And again, if you want to uh, get the show notes, they'll be um, posted along with this uh, podcast. And then also check out over at CampbellOrchard.com. We've got a new Apple story that's going to be posted here soon. And uh, we'll just keep putting pictures of the little apples growing. And until next time, we will see you guys inside the orchard.